Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, Charmed a, a spell Spellcast. Hey you listening there, have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spellcast Woo! hello everyone evening Good evening. I think I blew out my mic with that one. Oh, aggressively good evening. Aggressively good evening. Uh, I'm just trying to shake some like good feelings mm-hmm. into into everyone's ears right now because <laughs> we need them. Um, or I don't know how all of you feel. I can only assume that uh, you also need good feelings right now to keep you going in all of the things that you are attempting to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It's been a hard day's night. Yeah. You need good vibes to abolish the prison industrial complex. <laughs> yeah. You need good vibes to engage in insanely technical causes such as budget reform. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Like, technical and dull and dense and slow moving and and completely obfuscated like so many good vibes you need good vibes to Mm -hmm. just keep yourself level-headed and not falling asleep because you're bored (laughs) i am projecting good vibes on all the organizations that have taken on budget justice as their cause from day one from like years and years ago and are now just now starting to see people get on this trend and like start to get into it and think of it as a sexy cause yes yes i'm sending sexy vibes <laughs> good may you attract more people to your causes and may they listen to you the people who have been doing this for so many years mm-hmm. all right bryce you want to do some manner keeping yep i am down okay what's keeping your manner Ooh, good cue, good cue. Um, well, people are starting to drift back into the city at the same time that people are also drifting out. So it's just a continual flux. Um, I guess there's a maintained number of people at all times. But that means that my boyfriend's roommate is moving back in, which means I have to move back to Brooklyn to be with my roommates. So we're just working through um, what are the precautions that we're going to take? What are we going to be comfortable with when we combine households? Those kinds of like just gnarly uh, roommate agreements and considerations. Oof. That that sounds especially difficult right now because roommate agreements are, are always something of a of a tussle i think even as much as you like love and trust your roommates there are some things that you don't agree on but that seems like even more complex Mm -hmm. yeah and i i know that there are several countries that have been talking about this idea of a of a um like a social bubble that you 
interact with while social distancing from everybody else in the world. Um, a and pod. A little pod, yeah, a little quarantine. And they all recommend mm-hmm. that just like free-flowing, honest communication and um, being committed to the rules that you lay down is, is key to making that kind of quarantine go, go well. Oh, good. Well, I'm really, it sounds like you are doing research. You are setting yourself up for success. Um, and by success, I mean being ne- negative for COVID, <laughs> failing to catch something. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to updates on that and also very, very much sending you lots of strength in uh, doing that because I know that Changing a living situation during this time is very stressful. Thank you. It feels kind of minor because all I'm doing is just moving back to my apartment. But at the same time, it also feels like, um, I don't know, another thing to adjust to after all these adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's an additional thing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Manhattan to Brooklyn. No True. Small feet. That is long distance. <laughs> that it is. Oh, yeah, especially right now. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Well, interesting. Funny you should ask, unprompted. Um, <laughs> I, I am exhausted. I'm very tired. Actually, a few weeks ago, um, one of our dear listeners, uh, who is also a very good friend, texted me and was like, Oh my god, I just listened to the pod. Are you okay? And I had to uh, kind of realize like what she was talking about. I was like, what? absurd complaint did I make on the pod this time um, and it turned out that that was the week that I had screwed up my neck so that I couldn't really move and I was like oh oh that no that's real cause for concern uh, but I'm I just to just to set the record straight I'm doing okay with that my neck and my back are far better Good. Um, thank you my <laughs> neck my back my and your cane. My will to continue are all doing all right. Um, I am tired from a multitude of things, mostly emotional and then also lack of sleep that is caused by the fireworks that are happening in New York right now and also are happening in a lot of other cities around united states um they're being they're being set off in a way that is not consistent with how previous kind of like summer or fourth of july sort of fireworks have uh, have gone in terms of their caliber and they're just the level of sound and then also the coordination with which they're being set off um because the the neighborhood that I live in, uh, they kind of switch around a little bit. Sometimes they're closer, sometimes they're a little farther away. But they go off from about 9.30 or 10 p.m. through 2 in the morning. And that's been something that's been a little scary, that's been unexplained. That is not just neighborhood kids, just like, you know, setting off a few firecrackers or something. Um, it's something because of how coordinated and widely reported it is and that nobody knows what's going on 
is both a cause for concern and then also a cause for uh, higher anxiety because people are sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. So that's what's been keeping me up at night, both uh, both literally and figuratively. And it's it's certainly been something that there have been a lot of kind of theories floated around about what might be happening. Um, and some of the more more substantiated have to do with uh, counterintelligence measures, which, of course, I am not well versed with, so I can't really speak too much to the subject, but do have to do with uh, agitating people in communities that have been protesting and showing up for, for Black Lives Matter. Um, so that's my very serious and, as of yet, not completely proven kind of update on manner keeping. I'm tired, I'm wired, and I'm also still physically in social distancing um, and trying to prepare for when New York opens back up and um, how I can not participate in that. (laughs) Yeah. So... It's a big old mess. Basic, back to basics. Big old mess. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very glad to have a podcast, have a regular way of checking checking in with the outside world and uh, checking in with you, Bryce, and just kind of letting people know what's going on. Hmm. Thank you. That was very. That's a very nice, uh, optimistic way to look at things, or a, a way to th- find some joy in the world. A very, very small bit. Again, good vibes to keep the revolution going. (laughs) Yeah, true. There you go. So, yeah. And uh, sending a lot of... A lot of good vibes, a lot of rest, and... uh, And adequate supplies, again, both figuratively and literally, to the people who are occupying City Hall right now ahead of their vote to decide on New York City's upcoming budget again budget justice Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely going to be calling that mayor calling that uh speaker and then calling that council member and you can too and not bryce because bryce is doing that (laughs) but anyone listening you're able to do that for your town city state wherever um my hometown is doing the same thing and my, my parents are doing it, which I'm very proud of them. Nice. And um, yeah. definitely, it, at least for New York, that uh, deadline to begin the fiscal year is coming up soon. But um, just because that is the technical date that the budget has to be agreed on doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities for amendments and for later refinements throughout the year. So keep calling, keep telling your council member what you want, and uh, keep them accountable. Yep, as uh, the Grateful Dead would say, keep on trucking. <laughs> and also, people who drive trucks. Hmm. It seems like Big Truck really wants us to keep on trucking. Hmm. <laughs> it seems like the Grateful Dead were just lobbyists for Big Truck. <laughs> that's your newest. That's your newest yeah, there conspiracy we go. theory that you can take. You can take to the bank. Hey. Okay. 
Well, now that we've we've done a slight bit of manner keeping in order to cover just a little bit of all of the things that are going on, shall we move to this episode? Uh, let's. Let's. Okay, so this was... Oh my god. Ah, I didn't even write down season two episode. I don't know what the number episode is. Oh, I got you. Shoot. It's episode seven, entitled... Oh, you're right. They're Everywhere. Season two, episode seven. They're everywhere. This was directed by Mel Damsky. It was written by Cheryl J. Anderson, and it was originally aired November 18th, 1999. Nice. We're getting closer and closer to the year 2000. To the year 2000. I wonder what it's going to be like in the future, the new millennium. 2000. Um, okay. I think we're going to have hover cars. Um, yes. Okay. Let's go. Let's do our um, initial thoughts and then our three overarching plots and then we'll dive into it. Sounds good. My initial thought is... Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. We talked about this during our failed first attempt to record the pod, but real, real big dad complex in this one. Mm-hmm. Really unfortunate that so much of it feels so forced mm-hmm. because they don't really reckon with it in any other episodes except for the one where their dad is literally there, like trying to steal powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That is the only. That's the only time. And uh, to be quite frank, Bryce and dear listeners, I'm okay with that. That we don't <laughs> have any more talk about an absent father yeah it wasn't even necessarily um trying to shoehorn in some kind of uh like uh longed longing for a relationship with their father but it was also the fact that like they were trying to match up this relationship between this father and this child with the relationship between another character and his Mm -hmm. father another character who is extremely condescending uh, to Phoebe especially, and was insistent that her relationship with her father couldn't be as bad as as she said it was, and that that she should seek to repair it. And what kind of a guy, like what? Okay, I get it, buddy. Like you're in emotional distress, but why would you try to convince someone you barely, barely know? that their their issue in life is that they're not thinking about repairing a relationship with their father that's that's exactly the thing that rubbed me the wrong way because like fine perhaps i had not really picked up on like this sense of i i need a father figure in my life from them but i'll accept it for this episode but it's weird that you would have another character who says you should think about this relationship because it does not match my relationship and that is problematic. That doesn't seem like something that is as realistic or would happen. It's, uh, well, I think it's something that's happened. It's something that's happened to me before. Oh, okay. Um, you know, not specific to, like, why don't you have a good relationship with your dad? But certainly, like, well, my, my emotions play out this way because of my relationship to the world. So why don't yours? Um right unfortunately okay i can see it being like a metaphor for that kind of communication like that kind of conversation with someone but in general i feel like the conversations that the sisters had with this other character seem to be 
badly, badly formed, badly written. I agree with you. You know what? I agree with you. And I think that the framing is the thing that would bother me on that because if it were something that were like a commentary on how men shouldn't try to enforce their own worldview onto how women see things, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, all right. But since I think it wasn't framed as a commentary and it was actually framed as something very genuine, um, it was a bother. Yeah. You get the impression that you weren't supposed to think further on why the um, that character was talking about um, having a good relationship with his father and asking the sisters why they don't have a good relationship with their father. You kind of got the impression that you were supposed to think, yeah, he's right. Maybe we should all be asking that question of the sisters. Yeah, exactly. Which, frankly, least important question in this whole universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. So yeah, for, for that reason, for that through line, and for the just squeaky nature of like how the demons or the warlocks of this episode wreaked their mayhem this mm-hmm. whole episode was like a for me mm-hmm. yeah agreed i the other big takeaway that i had was um any episode or any um storyline that has to do with reading thoughts i am not into i do not like the idea of that being the the power that we're interested in one because i think it's a horrifying power and two because i Oops. think that it's also like never well done that's so interesting. Hmm. <laughs> more to come I on that. More, more to come on that. I can't. I can't think of any specific media that I would use to contradict you on that. Of like, of mind reading being well done because I, yeah, nothing comes to mind. So I'm, I'm gonna, just going to be intrigued by your observation <laughs> and think about it further. Okay. Um, do you want to do the three plots then? Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's start with let's start with Phoebe. Okay. Oh, Phoebes. Phoebes. Phoebes is a volunteer at a convalescent hospital, which I actually had never really heard of that term before, but I suppose it's something like a hospice. Yeah, I was that. I mean, that happens for sure. But I was very confused when she showed up in scrubs. Oh yeah, yeah. But I do appreciate how they gave her a big old tag on her scrubs that was like volunteer. <laughs> uh huh. Um, so she's volunteering at the hospital. She meets a guy. This guy um, has interactions with a couple of demons because he has the key to unlocking a map that brings you to some mystical bunch of records that can tell you all the significant events throughout time. So her whole story arc is revolved around protecting him and helping him protect his father. Yes. And then we have uh, Prue. Prue is... Prue is also dealing with the demon um, and the warlocks and trying to help Phoebe. But the other thing that she's dealing with is um, the already incredibly tiresome dude who was like a dot-com auctioneer who is scoping her out because he likes her, but he's sending his twin brother (laughs) to do so in his place and she Mm -hmm. catches them. Uh, she catches them because she's trying to de- determine whether he's a warlock. Um, and and by 
by method of that, by method of casting a, a spell to read somebody's thoughts, she think she discovers that something is going on, but it turns on to turns out to be this weird twin identical twin plot. Can I just say that this guy I've I've got the impression as soon as he appeared in the show that he has a very punchable face. And then to have <laughs> two of him, I was like, no, this is too many. The worst. The worst. It was terrible. Uh I did not like it one bit. I don't like him. Yeah. I I mean, don't tell me, but I hope he doesn't stick around. Okay, I won't tell you. Uh, Piper. So Piper um, um, is getting ready for a trip. <laughs> kind of her whole like big conflict is trying to get ready for this trip while helping um, the other sisters defeat the warlocks. Yeah, it's very it's very much the inverse. I would get. I would say. Or not even the inverse. It's a it's a it's a duplication of what Leo does to her and her issue with that, which is that she can't do normal coupley things because he's always working, or she's always working for the supernatural powers, and that shows up mm. in this. Good point. Good catch. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the three plot lines, and they all converge in reading thoughts and saving this this man and his father from the brain sucky demon warlocks but it's uh all threaded through with dad issues um daddy very forced <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i want that to be our bumper no <laughs> daddy terrible okay yep let's start all right, so we're in a museum. There's a number mu one. Museums are racist. That's it. Oh. That's the show. Oh, oh. winners write history. <gasps> Shit, you're right. Um, okay, so we're in this building that collects artifacts from other cultures and portrays them in ways that center a different um, empire. And they're all, we're, we're kind of following this tour guide as he talks about a map. And the map is like this big Rosetta Stone kind of thing. And this map is supposed to lead whoever can interpret it to the Akashic records, which are some mystical, magical bunch of records that are a written account of all significant events throughout time. And you decipher the tablet for treasure. Treasure. And that's it. Treasure. It's a treasure map <laughs> that, yeah, that should definitely not be framed in a glass in a museum. I, I watched, I not watch. I listen to a lot of My Favorite Murder, and there's always, like, a, a running gag that they have where they can't pronounce treasure correctly, so they keep saying treasure. I found treasure that, over there. It hmm. could also be the bumper. Maybe that's, Man, we have, that's so, we have so many choices. Oh, we're gonna gotta think about this one while we're editing. Alright, so, um, this is happening, and then we meet a character who is peering at the at the map and then suddenly he gets a uh, flash of an idea and then he scurries off by george and uh, a mysterious man a shady shady lady mm -hmm. uh he follow he follows mr man the other man <laughs> there's so many men in this uh, why are mr so man men? follows mr man <laughs> the second um I get I get confused when there are too many men in something. 
it's um, just like i don't know it's something in my brain that just doesn't work right <laughs> um but yeah anyway so the the initial mr man who was deciphering the tablet and was like by george he shows up in a convalescent home mm-hmm. um and he's talking to his dad who is non-responsive about i did it i finally cracked the code but i'm going to protect myself because the people are going to come after me and like they came after you but i'm going to be ready Mm-hmm. And then I guess Phoebe comes in. So now we learn that Phoebe's volunteering at this hospital. They have a conversation. It's whatever. And then uh, <laughs> at some point along the scene, she gets a premonition that Eric, which is the name of this Mr. Man, is about to get a stick in the brain. Oh, no. They got That's him. That's all I have to say about that. Um, and it, it was around this point that I realized that that actor looked familiar. Because I'd watched a <gasps> couple of seasons of Supernatural. And I was like, why does uh, this dude look familiar? It's Misha Collins. Big, big reveal. It's Misha Collins acting way worse than he does on Supernatural. Good. I actually don't think I got to the season where he has his character. Castile? Castile. Yeah. He, he plays an angel. Oh, Okay. Of- god i have it's seen a couple intense. of fanfics so i know that everyone likes him but i've never actually seen oh his character bryce have you read them i've been on tumblr back in the day i know what's on there yeah i want a fanfic list curated by bryce Wong. oh no i am for I- my birthday <laughs> for my birthday oh geez louise <laughs> i have been out of the tumblr game for so so long i actually went back on recently and they had this channel i don't okay maybe it was a maybe it was a blog i don't know what they're called tumblog i literally have lost my literacy in tumblr but an um account maybe it was an account but it was like it was like auto-generated, I think. I'm not sure, but it was like a cozy account. And I was like, oh, for sure. So I clicked on it and it was just like cozy pictures and like pictures that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, like cats with hats on, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, Tumblr. But then I remember, you know, back in the day, how there was more stuff on it that was like less cozy. Oh, yeah. There was, there was stuff that was less cozy and there were no advertisements and there was porn. That was great. Good old days. Oh, yeah. I think Tumblr might be going out of business soon, actually, because of I, yeah, all the would changes. Not, would not be surprised. Killed Tumblr as soon as it was sold to Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, it's Misha Collins. Um, in, in the flesh, blonder than he is later, and acting directed badly, question mark? I had a, I had a question that I typed up, which was, why are all the guest actors, or like most of the guest actors, so much worse than Holly Marie Combs specifically? <laughs> but also um, Shannon Doherty and Alyssa Milano, mm-hmm. they they all seem so much worse. This is a good question. I thought maybe it was just because like they that maybe the show didn't have enough of a budget, so maybe they were like didn't have a high caliber of actors but that probably isn't it if they already have like a star cast so my other theory is that the three main sisters are very comfortable with their role like the way that holly marie combs acts like in her snarkiness and in the way that she just i don't know seems to breathe the role and i don't think the guest stars maybe feel that comfortableness as easily i think you're right i think they 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 definitely have stepped into their comfort all right but even from like the first episode they were great 
like I wouldn't say you know no Oscars or anything, but mm-hmm. I would say they were they were far more confident and they were much more nuanced. And a lot of the actors that come through, a lot of the guest stars, do other things. Like they go on to do a lot of other things, and it's just I think it's a failure of direction. Mm. Is my is my thought, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe it's blasphemy. Maybe it's slander. Okay. <laughs> I honestly don't usually know where to draw the line between what is an actor's choice and what is a product of the way the script was written and then what is the director's influence. So it all it I will defer to you. It's no, it's super hard to say. I think I just I think it's because I compare Actually, whatever. I'm I'm going to leave this. I'm going to drop this thread cuz I I don't think I have a better like a a concise explanation from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before. It's just like it's a it's amusing. It's a wondering why it's it's what I think about at night. It's why? food for thought. <laughs> food for thought. And then um, we cut to our ASMR of us crunching on chips. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine if we actually like creatively edited this podcast? Wow, the first one we've ever done since that one episode where we added the magical chime. That was great. <laughs> that was so good. That was a stroke of genius. Okay. Uh, I I applied for a WNYC job. No so way. I'm, Sorry, yeah, I got but I don't I'm I'm not going to get it, but I was like I imagine really if imagine if like we actually did this as more than just a like we're going to talk for a while podcast. If you got this WNYC job, I, I, I will, I will punch my phone because I would be so jealous, but also very, very proud and pleased by you. Bryce, do you want to apply? You have a job. I don't, I don't think I can work another job, but back in the day, I did used to apply for their internship program. Yeah. Well, you know what? You could, you could still apply. And if they give it to you, you could be like, sayonara, other (laughs) job. Yeah. My favorite thing is to apply for things when I don't or after I had already applied in the past and then get them the second time and then say, no, I regret to inform you <laughs> that I reject you. Yeah, my, that's, a, that's a favorite thing of mine too. I like printing up the rejection emails that I give them <laughs> and framing them. <laughs> you have the power. Anyway, okay. Oh, uh, where whoa, are we? Whoa, What's happening? Whoa. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I got us. I got us. Okay. So um, um, we're back in the manor and now we're on okay. Prue and Piper. Okay. Hi, Prue and Piper. Wow. Nice shirt, Prue, though. That was a cute shirt and the t- colors together are pretty rough. Um, <laughs> I just blew up my mic. That's too funny. <laughs> That's, yeah, I was very distracted. I like liked kind of the... Uh, the way that it was cut and like the interesting texture because I was like oh that's kind of fun it's like a knit top and it's like pretty form-fitting but the entire time mm-hmm. I was like oh one big neon booger <laughs> yeah Prue in her neon green and and Piper in her like magenta pink blouse that is it's wild <laughs> it's a it's a lot for the eyes it's a feast for the <laughs> eyes that you don't want to eat it's got a lot of dairy in it for me all right so they're talking and both of them have recently acquired men in their lives and they're both suspicious that they might be warlocks Uh, i hate acquiring men it's just like (laughs) such a passive thing to do it's like where did i get all these men they just Just, keep they just gotta keep shoveling out the driveway i know i can't (laughs) 
Oh, man, I guess so. Too many men. Too many to keep track of, and they all look the same. Um, okay, yeah. So, their men's are possibly warlocks. Mm-hmm. It's possible. And they're worried about it. Well, at first, Prue is worried, and Piper is not. But then, but then, she thinks, maybe Dan could be a warlock. Mm-hmm. Which is often how worries are spread. Someone has a worry, and then they spread it to another person. Yep, exactly. And uh, because Kit meows very loudly at Dan, probably because she just doesn't like Dan, which, like, is totally understandable. Um, me neither. I mean, Dan's fine, but he's just whatever. He's no Leo. Uh, he's Well, he's no Leo, but he's also just no Piper. <laughs> this um, is true. So... Because of that, and because of the the fear that Prue planted, unwittingly, pretty much, just just out of concern for her own kind of predicament of not knowing if the man she's interested in, for some inexplicable reason, uh, if he's a warlock. Because Kit meows, Piper's like, oh no, maybe Dan is a warlock. Shoot, and I can't go away with him to Calistoga. I don't know where they're going, but... Somewhere. Yeah. Calistoga Hot Springs. There is a wedding that he's going to, and he's invited Piper, and um, Piper wants to do a warlock test or something before they leave. And then yes. credits. Oh, we just got to the credits? Holy damn. I know. Okay. Maybe maybe we should we should get a be less in-depth in our, in our tangents. But I will say, uh, I, am I crazy, or are there new credits? You are not crazy. <gasps> Thank God. Yes. I would have to go back and watch. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I also know you're not crazy. So, oh, okay. Well, I credits. I could be crazy also, but uh, yeah. Well, but that's not a bad thing. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, unproven, unproven as of yet. Okay. I'll check it. I'll check it out. So, okay, San Francisco, in the flesh, um, and post credits, Piper and Prue back in the manor that's where they were when we left them so they're still there um they're figuring out a way to ascertain whether or not these men are warlocks and the the decision that they come to is that they have to cast a spell to hear secret thoughts and uh it sounds like a bad idea especially because phoebe comes in minutes later and is like hey you guys do know that warlocks don't bleed right you can just prick them and see if they bleed and they're like, oh, well, too bad. We've got this this spell now. My favorite thing about this spell, though, is that we can hear Phoebe's thoughts as she comes in, which are just a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is why I always have issues with, like, mind reader, like, interpretations of what mind reading would look like. Because I don't think that people think in this, like, I have a thought, and now I'll have another thought. Like, a very linear kind of, like... Um, uh, inner dialogue way. I think that thoughts are messy and they overlap and sometimes they just come as feelings rather than like fully fleshed words. So I, I don't think that people accurately portray how how thoughts are so complex. Were you like a cognitive science <laughs> major or something Oh like man, that? don't call me out. Exposed. 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 Yeah, I I trust you on that one. I think I think you're probably right. I think there's that most of the time the the pleasure of acting is not knowing what someone's thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, seeing how they can convey it 
through their facial expressions or through their movements or mm-hmm. in film perhaps through <laughs> mise-en-scene so yeah it's I, I could definitely see how you would take issue with the accuracy of how people's thoughts are portrayed and just also it, it being kind of a boring thing to do yeah you're right because mind reading can just be another way of saying let's have some kind of ace in the hole to represent exposition absolutely it is exposition um or it could be like misdirection and that's pretty much what it was in this episode okay so now we go to the oh uh phoebe comes in she has a bunch of worries but um the other sisters are too preoccupied so they don't really dwell on it then we go to the Buckland Auction House. And I hate Jack. He's gross. <laughs> my my comment was, God, Jack looks awful. Yep, in the Hawaiian shirt. But I love Prue's olive green leather jacket. Oh, you know what? I think Jack totally embodies, like, 90s boy band look. Because, like, spiky hair and then kind of, like, oversized oh. shirt things and, like, baggy pants. Well, I wasn't alive in the 90s, so... I don't know. I'm just kidding. I was alive. I just wasn't cognizant. <laughs> yeah, I was not a conscious being in the 90s. Um, but I do know one thing, and that's I don't like Jack. I don't think I became a conscious being until mid-2010s. Right now. Oh my god, I just woke up. What's happening? My activation! <laughs> Sleeper agent! Um, all I had to say was Prue's leather jacket. Sick. <laughs> she woke up. Okay, anyway. So he has some words and Prue's like, Yeah. She's reading his thoughts and she's like, oh, it's suspicious. But everyone knows watching the show that it's like all out of context. Yeah. So lame. Anyway, moving on. Uh, So now Piper is getting ready, maybe, to go on the, the trip with Dan. But first she has to freeze him and then she pricks him. And she freaks out because Dan is not bleeding. He's a warlock. And then Phoebe, uh, as obs- observant as she is throughout this whole episode, actually is the more level-headed one throughout this episode, um, is like, duh, Piper, he's not freezing because you froze his blood, too. Uh, which is interesting that we're getting into the mechanics of it now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, but, but then Piper's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I think it's so funny that... Oh, sorry. Were you were oh, go f- ahead. Ah, um, I was just going to mention that I think it's funny how you were right. Phoebe is the most sensible person in the show for this episode. And it's kind of funny. It is. It's pretty funny. And she can be a lot of the time, actually. I think like she she's portrayed as like the least responsible a lot of the time. And the person who is most like finding her footing and is, is young and rebellious, but wants to be more responsible. But she also like has really good observations true and i think she has less of the preconceived notions that that kind of trap the other sisters yeah i would agree with you definitely okay so anyway uh piper unfreezes dan who is bleeding and piper's like yay you're bleeding and he's like uh, uh, <laughs> not a warlock go on the trip not a warlock yay um she can't go on the trip though because phoebe runs down and says they've got to go do some stuff to save her guy and so they hustle out of there but before they do um they escort dan to the door and then that's when he notices that they've got hornets outside their door and that must have been what kit was scared of 
Oh, I missed that part because I wasn't paying attention. Oh. Dan is boring. Bees. Um, bees. How could I miss the bees? Anyway, so, yeah, she's got to do stuff still. Um, okay, so the dynamic duo runs to the hospital to get Eric, or no, to his apartment, Eric's apartment, to get him. But just as they get there, they see that he's getting attacked. Um, and he shoots. Oh, no. It's it's quite a hectic scene. And he, like, has a gun and he shoots the attackers. But then they just get right back up, like, mummy style. Yeah, and it's gross. And Phoebe's definitely been taking some uh, some more combat classes oh yeah um the bad guys call her bruce lee's little sister oh cute okay uh okay so now the trio phoebe piper and eric are in the manor um and they're all trying to like figure out each other's deal because eric's like who are you guys what's happening i want to go get my my father blah 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 uh and then phoebe flips him and pins him down and is like no you gotta stay here (laughs) gross anyway um, it's like sexy and stuff. And Misha Collins is like, wow, Alyssa Milano is on top of me. <laughs> um, which is, I mean, same. I'd be like that too. So I get, I get it. I get it. I'd be very flustered. Um, but yes, they freeze him. And then they figure out something, which I don't recall. Uh, Prue comes back and then they all catch each other up on the possible demon nature of other people. And then they, what they figured out was that Piper and Prue are going to go give Jack a little stabby stab, make sure he's not a demon or a warlock while Phoebe uh, keeps an eye on Eric. Yeah. And uh, the only thing I have to say more about this scene is uh, when Prue comes in, she says entertaining guests. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Okay, so then we just kind of have a quick little scene with the bad guys, and they just talk about how they're going to get Eric's mind, um, and they're going to go through his heart, and then they blink out of there. Very slick warlocks casually lounging against a trash can. No (laughs) one suspects a thing. Okay. It's silly. What's happening now? Oh, all right. So now we're back at the... Buckland. Oh, Buckland. Now we're back at Buckland, and Piper and Prue freeze Jack um and they give him a little poke and then suddenly another guy comes in who is also jack and it turns out they're doing the old twin switcheroo to find out how a woman's potential is and it's disgusting this was entirely gross and weird yep super gross super weird no reason for jack to be a character and certainly even less reason for jack's twin to be a character this Green screen. Bad. <laughs> I, I truly do not know why this subplot was in there. I yeah, guess. As if it didn't have enough already in this episode. Yeah. It also or just maybe added nothing. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, maybe this episode didn't have enough, and maybe you should have rewritten the whole episode. Ooh, throw it out. Start from scratch. Yeah. Cheryl. I'm just kidding. You did great, Cheryl. Like you're you're writing for TV. What do I know? Um. Alrighty. So now we're we're now we're at the manor, 
and they do some exposition. Er Eric talks for a while about getting revenge for his dad because apparently his dad was also trying to decipher the map and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Phoebe talks about not knowing about her dad. And then they have this conversation where Eric's like, don't you care? You don't even know, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, Gross. Yeah. Also, yeah. not entirely interesting. I feel like I didn't learn more about Phoebe. No, you didn't. It's just about this guy. It's about this guy literally projecting his his love for his dad onto a woman he barely knows. It's gross. Mm -hmm. But they Stop play it. it off as if it's supposed to be like a, a really sincere moment where you're, it's like revelatory. But I was like, yeah. I don't know. It's nothing new that I feel like the character has added. Yep, I agree with you. Okay, so then they all, the sisters and Eric, head to the hospital, and it's a very uh, warlock-heavy scene. Lots of blinking, lots of magicking things around, um, but the whole conclusion is that the warlocks get away. And the knife sticks in the wall. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, these fight scenes are not good. No, they're not memorable. Yeah. Too much happening. They're also super awkward. Like, I feel like when she throws the knife, it's like holds on her for a little too long. And then when it goes to the guy, uh, like the path of the knife, it's like, I don't know. It just feels so um, awkward. Yep. I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. So they're gone and they got to regroup. And uh, they go back to the manor. And then and they're trying to explain warlocks. Oh, yeah. And they're trying to talk Eric into letting them protect him, but he resists. And so he stalks away. Phoebe runs after. And Piper and Prue are like, do we do we need to protect him? Like, is that... Is it, is it necessary? Which, same. Really, truly same. The I think the best thing about this scene was when Eric is trying to make sense of everything. And he's like, well, if they're warlocks, like, what are you? And, and Phoebe goes witches and they're all like standing there like charlie's angels like <laughs> phoebe phoebe in her crop top witches that is pretty and fun. i felt like right there we needed like the theme song like that's the cold open oh <laughs> like halfway through the show then they cut to the credits another cold open yeah why not why not let's give this this episode a little bit more pizzazz Ooh wee. okay so uh, I gotta stop saying okay, so. Um, Alright, where are we? Oh, I love it. It's comforting to me. <laughs> oh, what an odd thing to comfort you. Yeah. Alright, good to know. Um, where are we, though? What's happening? Oh, okay, okay. So Eric is not listening. Yes. So he, the, where he goes when he stalks away is back to the museum, which has wildly lax security, and he breaks into the glass that houses the map, and he destroys it. That's so dumb. Oh my god. And then they just get away? Like, there was... That's it? Yep. That's that's literally it. Which is like... <sighs> okay. As somebody who went into a program in undergrad that was like... A huge component of it was museum studies. Um, this whole episode was just like another demonstration to me because they happen periodically another demonstration to me about like how we truly completely remove items of importance from their context and make them all about 
the distancing of others and then learning potential for ourselves. And that's it. Mm. And I feel like that was demonstrated very well in this scene and it didn't like didn't necessarily mean to be at all. Again, it mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be a commentary, but as I was watching him like destroy this fucking tablet that was from from a culture that was not his in a museum that it shouldn't have been in in the first place and his explanation for it was like now i can be the only one who possesses the knowledge it was like so classic centering of the white digestion of of knowledge and culture is like the the only place to verify what culture means I really enjoy this in-depth perspective from someone who has studied museums and has studied like archival um, education. That's really cool. Oh, I'm glad it's cool because to me it's just freaking annoying. (laughs) Well, it's definitely more uh, fascinating to be the person who gets to listen to the tirade than to be the person who is up in arms and has to (laughs) explain what's happening occasionally for sure i think so um and this is of course coming from someone who is white themselves so you know grain of salt but my goodness why Uh, could you not have any respect no you have no respect for women and you have no respect for any anything of cultural relevance to anybody else it is merely your own worldview a metaphor a metaphor, except uh, I don't know if it was meant to be, but if it was meant to be, thank you, Cheryl. Hmm. Inadvertent exposing of the realities that we exist in. Genius. Um, I also wanted to share one of my favorite moments in a museum, which is not to uh, negate the argument against museums and how they perpetuate these systems of colonialism and anti-other worldviews. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, my favorite experience was when I was in the Museum of Dogs and they <laughs> they had a placard where they were talking about like the history of humans, domesticating dogs. And at the very end was a sentence that said, and together the two species could do more than either could have done alone. And I was like, what did you think the dogs were going to do? What? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what? What? what framing is that coming from? <laughs> like, what? What are, are, are we equal partners? I was so confused. But anyway, that was my favorite moment. <laughs> what did you think the dogs were going to do? Oh, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> just, no, just out of nowhere. What did you think the dogs were going to do? That's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yes. Um, all right. So he destroys uh, stuff on the museum property and then he runs away. And then Piper and Prue are in the attic talking about their dad um, for some reason. And Piper says she misses him. Prue says she doesn't. And then they decide to sacrifice Eric's dad. <laughs> Sorry. That was the chain I, of events. It was the chain of events. I miss dad. I don't. <laughs> let's, let's sacrifice this other dude's dad. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. So Dan comes by and Piper is still not ready to go. So Dan's like, all right, we, well, okay, we got to leave in an hour. Blah, blah, blah. Piper and Prue tell Phoebe when they come back, when, when Phoebe and Eric comes back to the manor, that the only way to save Eric is to erase the knowledge from his head, um, and that might potentially sacrifice his father, which is a lot of leaps in logic, 
because I feel like they don't know for sure what the next move the warlock would be is, but in the end, they're trying to tell Phoebe that they're willing to give up Eric's father in defense of right. Eric. It would also make sense to me. It would make sense to erase the the knowledge from his head, mm-hmm. but to like tell the warlocks that it's still there, um, just so you can get close enough to like mm-hmm. get the dad and then be like, but actually, there's nothing. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, it's I, I don't know. I feel like it's misinterpretation. I, I think that what is the reasoning behind the warlock still killing his father if they know that nobody has the information that they need? Like they don't that they've lost their leverage. Yeah, they have, but they're also warlocks and they like killing people. Fair. OK. So I think that's that's about it. Um, was... Anyway, so then. Yes. So he's like, no, my dad. And they're like, just wait here. We're not telling you the whole plan because you, we know you'll freak out. And he keeps calling his dad. And then he actually gets to talk to his dad because the warlocks have given his dad back his, his mental capacity only for a brief second and are like, Golden Gate Park, half an hour, alone. And again, I'm like, good luck. Yeah, the Oak Grove. Yeah. You go there, they're like 700 oak groves. Which one? All right, so they lure Eric to the Golden Gate Park. Um, but before he leaves, he cups Phoebe's face for a while, and then he leaves. Um, but the, sister, the sisters read his mind, so they know where he's going. So they... Golden Gate Park. They go to the Golden Gate Park, <laughs> and they get there, and they're like, all right, there's about 3 billion oak groves here. So they split up to track down Eric. Um, some notable events. A peacock scares Prue. Uh, Love and- that. <laughs> that's about it that's how you that's how you can tell they're in pasadena <laughs> oh my god got him all right got so him. eric finds the warlocks um but he threatens to kill himself he's like i got the knowledge i'll kill myself and uh the warlocks grab him but then phoebe appears and she runs in but then she gets stuck in the brain um with their with their stick hands and then stick in the brain got a stick in your brain man and then prune piper russian and they push the two warlocks together sorry i i forgot what i was reading as i was like i didn't read ahead as i was reading it so i forgot that this scene happened but yeah oh, man the prune piper come in and they freeze the two warlocks and then they push them together so when they unfreeze they're sticking each other in the brain so dumb kiss <laughs> now keys now die <laughs> uh, and that's that's about it yeah okay they, so they susplode they do susplode uh, and misha collins and and phoebe and the dad all wake up without really a memory of how they got there so there's some amnesia um and then everyone gets back to the manor and uh piper is in time to catch dan well he's about to leave but uh phoebe tells piper she can just freeze the car and get in it was great <laughs> um one thing piper though freeze him oh yeah would that that was a good scene one thing though is that dan said that they had to leave in an hour but then they go to the golden gate park and then they have this scavenger hunt and then they have a fight and then they get back all in under an hour seems like a lot it does seem like a lot, but I also think Dan was like, well, we have to leave in an hour, but it was really like two hours. Mm. He was like, but I don't want to go alone. Yeah, he was backing out of that driveway super slowly. Yeah, the whole second hour he was just backing out of the driveway. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, then. Oh, uh, something about Jack asking Prue out. Yeah, Jack like sends Prue a bouquet of flowers. Oh, with his phone in it. I remember now. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, honestly, like his his persistence is pretty gross. What, um, what also I felt was in bad taste was like the giggly nature that they gave the sisters when they were responding to Jack's call. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they did say, Prue did say, no, like, I won't go out with you. But there was kind of like a maybe, you know, when they're sitting there together. Oh, okay. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Leading to the whole, like, no doesn't necessarily mean no. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of theory that has been wrongly pushed for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, man, I wish we could take that scene out of context. Um, because I thought that this, the sisters, like, sitting on the couch and, like, giggling and, like, if they were prank phone calling someone. Yeah. Would be so cute. That would be such a cute sister moment. But you know what? You're right. You're very right. That's, it contributes. It contributes to a, to a culture of just pursuing women as many times as they say no, just pursuing them with more with more of a, a drive to convince them. Agreed. Yeah. They chose to portray, and I'm not saying the actors themselves, but maybe just like the showrunners or the director or whatever, they chose to portray these powerful women as still being willing and easily susceptible to um, the advances of men who seem unsavory. Yeah. Unsavory and just boring <laughs> and smarmy and smarmy Ooh. and punchable Ooh. and <laughs> we don't like him okay we we don't so let's move on um we're at the hospital and phoebe is back to her volunteering ways um eric comes by his dad isn't in there anymore because his dad has regained mental capacity um, but Eric is there to look for a doctor to sign insurance papers, and then they have a conversation in which they basically repeat some of the old, uh, um, uh, what's the word, um, banter that they had back when they had their memories, and then there's like a hmm moment as they both exited the room together. Mm-hmm. Deja vu all over again, again. <laughs> hey, it's a minute and two seconds in right now on my oh, recording shoot. thing. Wow. A minute and two seconds? I meant an hour. <laughs> oh, I know. I know you did. But that was, I'm glad to have that reaction. Thank you. Uh, demon death rating. Ugh. Oh, warlock death. Terrible. Terrible. Very comical. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like comical, but not in a good way. Like in an unintentional yeah. way. Rose, weird. Now keys. I also didn't understand the mechanics. So is the reason that they exploded because the way that the stick hands work is that they suck in something? I don't know. I like if we were talking about actual mechanics, I would have thought like they're each just like sucking each other's brains so that they have the knowledge of the other person and then they switch bodies. Oh, okay. 
But I don't, I guess I got lost because I was like, I, I know that they suck out like thoughts and memories and like the ability to think. To think. But then yeah. do they suck each other's whole physical being? That was what I got guess, me. I guess. I guess they were just too amped up. They were set to, phaser set to kill, I think. Oh, um, extra, extra suckage power. Yeah. So I, I guess that leads to death. I'm going to go with a one. Not just. Oh, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, not just death, exploding. Exploding. Um, I got too excited. I was going to say that I give it a 1.5, probably, out of five Jeremy's. Yep. I would completely agree with you. Oh, my God. I forgot to mention that in this episode, because they're discussing warlocks as potential lovers, um... Piper basically goes, oh, you know, are am I are you ever gonna let me live Jeremy down? And my answer is no, Piper. We have a segment dedicated. <laughs> We're to, really uh, banking on us never forgetting about that. Exactly. So uh, thank you, thank you for that, and we apologize. Um. Cool. Well, we did it. We did it. All right. Not too bad this time, and it's good. My tongue doesn't feel too bad now. Oh, good. Really, really glad to hear that. Thanks. I'm going to eat cheese now. Oh, rub it in my face. So, Bryce, do you have any thoughts on this episode? Any, uh, or any advice, any anything? Mm, my thought is that, um, the Museum of Dog is quite enjoyable. I believe they are in partnership with the American Kennel Club. So they have a lot of interesting facts about like the way that dogs have um, been portrayed in a competitive circuit. And then they also have fun events where they, this was before the coronavirus, where they would bring in dogs and you get to pet them. And that is my main memory. Oh, I love that. Yeah, they brought in some sled dogs. Like oh, they don't shoot. <laughs> they don't look like the traditional idea of like Balto or like what we think a sled dog looks like, but they are breeds that have been traditionally um, bred for sledding and they're kind of rare nowadays and there's a couple of people in New York, I guess, who own these kinds of sled dogs and they all came um, to as one big group to the dog museum and I got to pet all of them. I think that's the best possible thing you could ever think about in relation to this episode. Thank you. And yeah. and you now. And me now. Okay, my thoughts. Hmm. When a daddy's boy has daddy issues and he tries to project them onto you... You can do many, many things in response to that. There is an unlimited number of options. But um, the one that I would recommend would be to stand up and walk away and wait for him to realize that you are a real person and not simply a blank clay slate upon which he can inscribe all of his ideas and values. Hmm. Much to grapple with there. Much to grapple with, yes. And, or nothing. If you don't want to grapple, just leave. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. 
Thank you so, so much for listening yet again to our banter and our confusion and our complaints and most of all, uh, Bryce's recollections of dogs. (laughs) Um, I thank you, The Void, and our one listener for tuning in to my ramblings about dog museum. I really enjoyed it. Oh, ooh, I just outed myself as the one listener. (laughs) Aha! Oh, no, I blew up my mic. Oh, mine too, I think. Shoop. Um, shoop. Oh, no. Not possible. I blew out my bike. We are one. <laughs> ah! Okay. Uh, I'm Shayna. You can find me at Bernadette Teeters on Instagram. And I am Bryce, and you can find me at Your Best Bryce on Instagram. And you can find the both of us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram, or you can write to us charmed spellcast at gmail.com we read everything that you write we are so thrilled about it thank you Alyssa dorn for sending fan art oh my god thank you <laughs> it's ridiculous and i'm very embarrassed but it, i treasure it treasure treasure i treasure it um until next time be safe and drink lots of water and please wear a mask and stay inside as much as you can Um, unless you're safely demonstrating civil unrest, in which case, drink lots of water and wear a mask. And get tested if you can. And get tested if you can and bring snacks. Mm. Agreed. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.